0: Hello and welcome, you're listening to Ukrainian Field Notes with John Mark on Resonance FM. Ukrainian Field Notes um, started off as an ongoing series of interviews with uh, Ukrainian artists uh, following the Russian invasion of uh, February the uh, 24th. You can find the um, interviews on the Experimental Music website at Listen. We have three guests uh, from Ukraine for you today. And the first one joining us from Berlin and the other two directly from uh, Ukraine. One of them is in Kiev, and the second one in Fastiv, a city in the um, southwest of the um, Kiev region. But before I introduce them, I'm going to play a track by um, Cluster Lizard, and this is um, music for creation. There was a music for creation by Cluster Lizard, a duo formed by Dmitry Federenko and Katerina Zavoloka. And Zavoloka is our first guest for today, but I'll let her introduce herself.
1: Hello, my name is Katerina Zavoloka. I'm an artist from Ukraine, from Kiev, but I live in Berlin now, uh, already for three years. Uh, I'm musician and composer, and uh, I made, uh, we made in events uh, in Ukraine, and also several record labels, uh, and uh, with my partner Dmitro Fedorenko. And uh, well, I'm experimental musician.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Um, let's start from uh, the beginning, so to speak. Um, what can you remember of the day when uh, Russian invaded Ukraine?
1: Well, I was in Berlin uh, at the moment, and. Uh, My partner was waking me up and saying that uh, Kiev is uh, shelling. Yes, and we actually uh, kind of was waiting for it because uh, uh, one week before we were in Kiev and uh, all our our friends were um, like going to tactical medicine uh, trainings and like preparing uh, to the war and uh, also my parents and parents of Metro also was kind of preparing for the full-scale invasion but of course you cannot be prepared of course (laughs) it's not possible to be prepared for the war so of course it was uh, very very painful I would say.
0: Thank you um, Zavaloka, and now our second guest and once again I'll let her introduce herself. I'm going to ask her to um, tell us about her, her memory of um, that day. Uh,
2: my name is Katerina Kostrova. Um, I'm from Kyiv but originally from Donetsk. Uh, I write and perform electronic music uh, as Burning Woman. I woke up at 6 a.m. on February 24th by myself, just suddenly, uh, then I started reading the messages uh, on, on the messengers and I realized that it's war and then there there's there were shellings. Uh, so I started panicking, like quickly grab uh, all the things and packing my backpack and I started studying these guidelines on uh, what to do when you hear the explosions, where it's safer to hide, uh, what uh, medicine to pack, you know, all this kind of stuff. And surely I was like scrolling like hell all the news, all the messages from my friends from Kiev and from other cities. Uh, so it's, it was like really shocking for me because I wasn't prepared for the, for the full-scaled invasion. Uh, I, I wasn't uh, so into, uh, into the news, you know. And I was really uh, dug into some work the, the days and the weeks before. So it was like completely unexpected for me and scary and painful. So yeah, it was kind of a rushing, <laughs> nervous day for me.
0: And now, our third guest um, joining us from FASTIV, uh, which is about 60 kilometers uh, from Kyiv.
3: Hello, my name is uh, Vladlen Lenmitiansky, but uh, everybody calls me Vlad. or oh, Vlad Sapish. Uh, my artist moniker is Vlad Sapish and I'm making uh, drone ambient and various kind of electronic music, mainly with modular synthesizer. When the war started on February 24th, I was at my uh, girlfriend's flat in Irpiny. I live in Bucha, but I was uh, in Irpiny. My girlfriend woke me up early and said, well, it's begun. so we, had, uh, we have to do something. And I remember I was packing uh, my stuff in a hurry, and uh, going to shops to buy all the necessary stuff because uh, to the last moment uh, I wasn't preparing for uh, such scale uh, of events. And uh, I remember it was a shopping in a hurry. Uh, then I was going to Bucha to my parents' house and to my house. And when I uh, got to my house on February 24th, uh, uh, my house in Bucha is close to Hostomel. Uh, in Hostomel there is uh, a large airport. And and I remember uh, clearly uh, that it was uh, loud, uh, l- uh, loud sounds of shelling. And uh, I remember my hands were trembling uh, because uh, I hear uh, these uh, sounds very distinctly and very clearly and I heard it for the first time. Um, it was really scary, yeah. And I grabbed my bicycle, grabbed uh, all the necessary stuff from my home and went to irpin to, uh, to my girlfriend uh, because she is alone in irpin and I uh, told her that I won't leave her in such days like this. And uh, in the first days, uh, I was able to ride b- uh, by my bicycle between Elpin and Bucha, but uh, in, a f- in a week or so it wasn't possible already, because Russian troops were there. And uh, from that day, from that day um, my life uh, changed very drastically.
0: By the way, the track that you've been uh, hearing in the background was um, Trauma by uh, Anastasia Simonovich performs under the name of uh, Trokselemot. The track was um, actually composed uh, before the invasion, so the sirens that one can hear are not the actual air raid sirens. But this makes it possibly a pressing track. And um, Zavoloka is uh, now going to introduce the um, next track.
1: This is track uh, Obrat, which translates from Ukrainian as Ritual, and. Uh, It is from my latest album, Ornament.
0: There was a um, mob by um, um It's actually um, difficult for anyone with um, no direct experience of the um, war to understand the um, reality of it and the uh, mindset. I was wondering if you um, could tell us what the um, physical effects uh, that you may have experienced are and um, if you've um, developed any symptoms that can be akin to uh, post-traumatic um, stress disorder. Which uh, may include uh, flashbacks, nightmares, uh, anxiety, difficulty in sleeping, and lack of concentration, irritability.
2: Yeah, I had some problems uh, with concentration, and I couldn't get enough sleep but then uh on the fourth yeah on the fourth day i moved uh, to my friend uh, who lives uh, in the city center and then uh, there i i found some volunteering communities so i went volunteering i i was making molotov cocktails then i was uh, working in the museum uh, to pack the Pack the things in there uh, to prepare them for evacuation. So uh, I tried to keep myself busy and it helped me a lot. But uh, then, when I got back to my uh, apartment in April, I started noticing the symptoms of depression that were like gradually uh, building up. Uh, So, and maybe I guess in May. Uh, I had a full-fledged, like, episode uh, of depression, which I <laughs> lived through, uh, fortunately. Um, and now I, I think I'm starting to adapting more, and uh, I, s- I even started making some plans for the future.
0: Vlad, um, you were in Irpin. Uh, what was your experience if you do not mind talking about it?
3: I remember uh, I went through uh, different phases. Uh, at first, uh, four or five days maybe was major uh, upheaval, a burst of adrenaline. I thought, well, this is n- this is not for long. We can do it. Our, uh, our army is defending uh, our country, and uh, we are winning. So it was a major upheaval. But uh, then after. F- Four or maybe five days, I began to sense uh, symptoms of uh, depression and anxiety, uh, especially when air raids uh, were uh, starting uh, coming up. First, um, I, uh, I was going uh, to bomb shelter patiently. Then I was bored of it and. Um, Maybe uh, the worst was um, uh, seven or eight days after first week. Uh, I remember I was uh, sleeping much and uh, haven't responded to air raids. Um, it was pretty uh, grim and depressing. But uh, in Erpiny, where I was with my girlfriend, uh, there was a situation when a bomb uh, dropped near us and uh, we heard it in the morning. And after that, uh, I, was, uh, I be- became very, very disciplined and uh, very disciplined because I was afraid that um, next maybe uh, it will be our house, so yeah. And uh, maybe uh, from one week to three weeks or two months, it was the most depressing ones and uh, in our house in in Irpin first uh, it was the light uh, went off, then it was uh, gas, then it was water. And uh, then uh, Russian troops uh, were coming uh, f- uh, through Bucha to Irpin and there was co- a constant shelling. So at the beginning of uh, March, uh, we had to um, get out from Irpin and we went through uh, Irpin Bridge near Romanivka. Uh, and we went through Romanivka to Kyiv, and then uh, on the train to Fastiv, where grandparents and parents of my girlfriend
0: live. And um, what about your family in culture?
3: My family, my family in Bucha, they, uh, they were staying in Bucha the whole time. And um, when I was at the festival, I was relatively safe. But uh, my relatives in Bucha, they were not. And it was uh, the most uh, anxious and the most uh, fearsome period. Uh, before Bucha was liberated, before Bucha was free, uh, I was calling them every evening. The connection was very bad and I was worrying the whole time. I'm feeling very lucky that they are all alive, healthy and uh, they survived and uh, um, everything is all right with our houses and with them also. So it's a great
0: miracle, really. Zawolok, you were in Berlin where you experienced the events remotely, uh, so to speak. Um, What has it been like for you?
1: So yes, uh, even if I am not uh, directly under shelling, as my colleagues in Ukraine and France, still it was very hard to sleep. Of course, and uh, of course we had everything you mentioned, like lack of concentration, anxiety, and uh, it was. Uh, it's really hard to sleep. Even now, it's uh, still all the same. Actually, at first we didn't know what to do. What uh, should we go back or what should we do? So. We were kind of lost, but then in a few days we started to help, the, like, uh, volunteered a little bit, or help uh, uh, people who come here to Berlin, or um, donating, like, everything we could do. And then we had an idea to make a label, which is called I shall sing until my land is free, and uh, all the funds that we collect, to donate to different volunteers, organizations, uh, or uh, army, or uh, like, uh, directly our friends on the front line that we have, or to even animal, um, re- like animal organizations, because animals also uh, affected by war.
0: So um, do any of you have pets?
3: Uh, with my girlfriend, we have two cats.
0: And um, how do they actually react to the um, shamings and the explosions? I um, imagine they were terrified.
3: Only uh, the uh, most um, loud uh, explosions that were near uh, they were afraid of them but all in all they were calmer more than we <laughs> our cats was uh, really uh, calming us.
2: Yeah my mine cat actually went very quiet for some time for a few weeks uh, and she's actually um, usually she's very talkative but <laughs> she just stopped talking to me (laughs) and she was very quiet and calm and i I really thank her for that (laughs) because uh it was uh, one of my concerns how to deal with the cat like when you have to run somewhere uh, when there's danger what what can you do you should grab it and if it's it starts like um Screaming and trying to run away, it will—it would be uh, like really hard. But but she didn't, uh, thankfully.
0: And now a uh, track by Benny Woman that she's uh, going to introduce for us, and she's going to tell us a little bit about the way she worked on it.
2: I wrote it for the compilation of the drum label that uh, came out this March. It's called Nightingale Song. Which emerged from the actual singing of a nightingale that I recorded some time ago in Kiev. I took the sample and started to warp and stretch it, uh, added some effects, and then layered the rest of the instruments on top of it, uh, like my Korg Volca Modular synthesizer, uh, some VSTs, and even the sample I made on Nintendo S.
0: One of the um, things that a few um, artists uh, I've interviewed have told me is that um, at first they've been in a state of um, hypervigilance and found it impossible to um, listen to music, for instance, as they had to um, decode any oral signs to figure out what, uh, whether there might be in immediate danger or not. And some even um, start recognising the uh, different sounds of explosions. I was wondering uh, whether any of you had any um, similar experiences or uh, reacted in a similar way.
3: I can definitely answer uh, this question because I was in Irpin and uh, near Bucha. So yeah, I've heard um, lots, lots of uh, explosions, lots of shelling. Um, well, I remember the first days when uh, we were shopping, uh, we, we were volunteering a bit, uh, we were shopping for Ukrainian army also. And I remember a huge quiz, and in that quiz were some men uh, that were uh, listening to what, uh, what is happening around. And I remember, oh, do you hear it? It's a tank. Oh, uh, hear it? It's whistles. It, it, it's a mine. And this uh, uh, sound like something is uh, coming fast from the roof. As, uh, this is and so on. So I quickly um, learned to distinguish these uh, sounds also. And uh, where, uh, where are they coming from and uh, what are the sources and um, other things. And I've recorded some, uh, but well, it's it was a a bit scary uh, when uh, the explosions were near, but um, all in all, um, it's hyper-vigilance. Yeah, it it, it was hyper-vigilance and uh, every sound, um, I uh, I quickly uh, learned to distinguish uh, these sounds and where they come from.
2: Me, I, mm, well, uh, the sounds of explosions and the air-raid sirens, uh, of course they were triggering at first um, because uh, well my safety depended on them uh, and uh, while I was still uh, uh, in my apartment uh, in, in Nivki, uh, this is a, a Kiev district uh, that is not far from the city border. Uh, it was really loud in here it, you could uh, hear all the explosions, all the airplanes like and even uh, Uh, the gunshots at at some point so that was the moment after which I decided to uh, move to my friend uh, to the city center (laughs) so but uh, eventually I got um, adapted to this sound and uh, some of them were not as um, triggering as before but sure hypervigilance was a thing (laughs) for some time yeah, you really could distinct different uh, sounds of, of whether it's incoming or uh, outcoming what uh, exactly this what was uh, was the air defense system or was it like something like a rocket actually uh, landed uh, here somewhere so it was like for about a month i guess uh, i was really Um, attentive to the sounds uh, that surrounded me but uh, then I got used to them and uh, like the air raid sirens are not so threatening anymore and you just basically ignore them.
0: Um, Let's talk a little bit about um, air raid um, sirens now.
3: We have uh, near our place, near our flat. Here we have two sirens. Uh, w- once pitch is uh, ascending, uh, on once uh, pitch is descending, and uh, they are making uh, really interesting uh, cacophony. Sometimes even it even resembles beat frequencies, <laughs> but not quite.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I have the same the same thing here. Like I hear, I hear uh, first I hear one siren and then. In a, f- a few seconds uh, another one starts uh, and it really makes some weird musical <laughs> composition. Now we going to
0: um, playing a track by um, Staza Tataravnev, uh, that is actually a ball field recording with uh, air raid sirens. Um, Staza um, sent us a recording to uh, the label head uh, of our Mailbox, a uh, Portuguese-based label, uh, James uh, A. McDermott. And um, James um, actually um, sent it to, um, end up getting 17 different artists uh, to create tracks uh, using this uh, particular recording. And he eventually released a uh, fundraising compilation called um, Siren Songs. Anyway, this is the, uh, what the recording sounds like. I'm wondering, um, did any of you um, take any field recordings uh, this past few months?
2: Yeah, I remember uh, that at first I really wanted to uh, record some sounds, you know, you know, sounds of the explosions. But um, at that moment, it was like um, you had to like um, worry about your safety first, and then uh, the field recordings. Uh, so I, I only uh, think it's like retrospective thinking that I would uh, uh, really like to use some uh, some of the records uh, I I wanted to make, but I, I didn't <laughs> because um, uh, sometimes uh, I try to synthesize uh, something similar uh, when I make my own music um, and. There there it was, like, uh, occurring uh, naturally, I would say, if you can say that. Yeah, but um, uh, back at the time, it wasn't, like, the first thing on my mind to record something. So, I've lost that opportunity.
0: What?
3: Well, I used some f- more field recordings of mine uh, on, in my composition. Uh, there, there is a particular episode when I used uh, uh, s- uh, sounds of explosions in Erpin as kick drums in Bergamotlaya. But that's only uh, one example. And, uh, uh, well, when I w- was making this recording of explosions of tank approaching, it was really hard and it was scary.
0: We're now going to be uh, listening to the track that we've just been talking about. Um, This is uh, Bergamot Nye. You also have, um, used film recordings in the past. Uh, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I can talk only about Maidan Revolution recordings. Um, so we went to in 2013 14 every day, uh, to be honest, every night more, when not so many people were uh, on the street. And then uh, maybe after two. Uh months, uh, so we didn't uh, actually, all our friends were asking, why didn't you play on the stage on Maidan Revolution? Like, why don't you? And they we were like, no, we are not in the mood to play, actually. <laughs> we, we want to fight or we want to go, I don't know, help. And um, but then, uh, when uh, like really big fires on uh, Khrushchevsko Street uh, in Kiev started, with a lot of cocktails and uh, burning uh, buses of uh, police buses and cars, and um, uh, like real confrontation with police and uh, special units like all the people started to make kind of uh rhythmical marsh sounds on the street with uh, different uh, metal objects or uh, like with everything and uh, it was sound it's it sounded very beautiful mixed with uh, i don't know fireworks mixed with people screaming uh, slavo ukraine or uh, uh, singing uh, anthem of ukraine it was kind of very beautiful uh, symphony all together. And uh, so I started recording everything, like uh, the video, how people, you know, uh, crushing uh, stones to make, uh, to throw them to police or like making uh, Molotov cocktails, like everything. Documenting just basically everything with together with this beautiful symphony on, the, on uh, Maidan. Uh, but it was kind of I, I recorded it not for something I just recorded it for myself for my uh, personal like an anthropological uh, interest for myself for my own history I didn't I didn't uh, want to use it somewhere it was just to remember uh, but then um, when uh, Russia invaded uh, occupied Crimea and uh, invaded uh, Donbas region on the east of Ukraine so I thought well what I have to tell something. Then I, I use those sounds mixed with my own uh, synthesizers and like electronics and everything. So I used those sounds in, in my uh, album. It, it's a small EP that I made dedicated to Ukraine.
0: The album in question is um, called Dolnya. And we are now going to listen to the opening track, uh, Vilna. that uses um, sounds from uh, Maidan. Did the uh, war make um, any of you revisit your materials, your um, recordings?
3: Yes, definitely. Uh, I've rediscovered not only my own old sounds, but uh, the sounds of my last projects I made and uh, with uh, all my friends and collaborators, especially it was Sean Dia. He made a, a lot of different music and um, the war made me think that um, we are we are all not eternal; that uh, we are finite, uh, mortal human beings. So uh, our time here is limited. And uh, when uh, my family in Bucha uh, were safe uh, after Russians went back home uh, from Bucha and from uh, Irpin, um, I felt sudden surge of uh, activity, and uh, I was making a lot of music, uh, a lot of sound projects, uh, different activities. Uh, basically went even better from uh, that uh, time on maybe because uh, i've discovered that um, yeah our our time is not infinite we have to make something worthwhile while we are still alive
0: vlad uh, you've uh, mentioned sean d and we're now going to be listening to one of his tracks uh, that you are going to introduce for us
3: gardens of the mind this is a track by my friend and great composer sean d One of his last ones. It was written in 2013, and in the summer of 2014 he died because of cancer. I particularly remember him in the moment when he wrote it. He was very proud of it and like shining from the inside. It may sound very naive, nostalgic and simple now, but there's more of what Sean tried to achieve with his music. The sense of purity and innocence in the darkness of our minds that suddenly brings light and perfection to our imperfect world. Thank you, Sean.
0: Caverns of mine by Shandi. That was um, telling us about his uh, recent burst um, creativity. But um, many of the artists that I've um, actually been speaking to have uh, uh, told me that not only they found it difficult to listen to music, but also want uh, to uh, produce new material. How has the war uh, impacted your creativity? Uh, Zavoloka, and uh, have you been working on new material?
1: For me personally, right before uh, Full Scale Invasion, I was was, uh, planning to uh, finish my new album, but then uh, three months I was uh, just out of the music completely because I was helping and uh, it was just not possible to me emotionally to compose. It's, It's super emotional. But I understand that I have to kind of um, overcome this, so I try to to record small small. I I try to record uh, some small things, like some melodies, something like really short ones or like uh, to spend uh, every day, but uh, like doing something small, like to record some instrument or everything, something small. So little by little, I go back to the process. But I think uh, with with, uh, this transformational period for uh, Ukraine, I think... uh, all musicians will blow up with creativity yep. you stop uh, thinking about like really. Um like stupid things like uh, I don't know promotion social media or something it's more like uh, uh, you kind of focus all your energy into actually creating more I think not thinking about uh, bullshit things that are not uh, necessary actually and I think it will affect uh, so much all Ukrainian uh, musicians and artists even if it's uh, very hard now to reflect because you are like the war is still ongoing every day it's hard to reflect right now but anyway I think It will like make uh, really for the arts in Ukraine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly,
2: exactly. My thoughts. I think we will uh, hear a lot of uh, great reflection, musical reflection on what is going on uh, right now in the future. But uh, yeah, now a lot of people tend to have these problems with uh, uh, making something new. Me too. Uh, But I think uh, in a few months, maybe, it will change.
0: And on that note, uh, I'm afraid that we're going to have to leave it there. Um, That is all we have time for. Uh, You've been listening to um, Ukrainian Field Notes uh, with uh, Gianmarco Re for Resonance FM. Thank you very much to our guests, uh, Mm Zawaloka, Pelling Roman and Vlad Supesh. I'm now going to hand it over to Vlad to introduce the closing track.
3: Pulsations Force, A Glimmer of Hope. That's a track I wrote last year for the series called Pulsations of Hope. The idea is simple. One shot impulse is a start point, the initial spark from which comes all manner of movement and modulations. The rhythm is always implicit. It's always there, but we don't hear it. Inspired mainly by Don Buchla and Krautrock, This particular track is final in the series. A bright, simple and positive one. A glimmer of order and hope amidst chaos and darkness. Now it's even more relevant than ever. And it's an edited version, original was almost 8 minutes long. But now I feel that this version sounds and works even better.